Hello, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Capes and Japes. Uh, happy 420. <laughs> if you're listening to this the day it comes out. If not, uh, happy whatever the date is. Happy whatever the date is. Any day can be 420 if you try hard and believe in yourself. Um, we are recording this a day early because uh, Monday is my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Briar was nice enough when I was like, can we do on Sunday so I can do other stuff on my birthday? Um, and I'm like, yes, I'm unemployed. I'm literally not doing anything <laughs> that cannot can be do, moved. We can do whatever day you want. Um, and so here we are on a, a Sunday afternoon here to talk about uh, some more comic books. So if there's a weird energy, it's because we're not used to recording on this day or at this time. Yeah, very strange. I also have, um, my roommate's cat is, uh, in the room. I did not kick her out because, uh, I'm, my roommate is home, so I'm not worried about her getting home and the cat getting worked up about it and me needing to let her out, but maybe she'll get worked up about something else and I'll have to let her out. But uh, Always possible. It's always, anything's possible with cats. Anyways, so <laughs> if any of the vibes are strange, there's a lot of unusual circumstances here, uh, but we are still here to tell you about comic books. Uh, and we're here to talk about uh, another... <laughs> Another X-Man, funnily enough. Uh we have a, a couple a couple X-Men we are uh gonna gonna go through, but this one uh is Hank McCoy. Hank um, Dr. Hank McCoy, who I think I think Pav I think Pav was like you should talk about Beast and then Sam was like you should talk about Beast and the Ant-Man in the same episode and do Oops All Hanks, uh, which is very funny. It is. It is extremely uh, funny. But unfortunately, we did Oops All Bobbies and then also Hank <laughs> afterwards. Uh, but Hank McCoy uh, is, like uh, Bobby Iceman Drake, one of the founding uh, members of the X-Men. Uh, and he's gone through quite a few changes in his, uh, in his time as an X-Man, uh, both, like, physically and power-wise, and also in terms of personality, uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about them. So, uh, he was created, uh, obviously by... Stanley and Jack Kirby in their uh, first issue of X Men in 1963, uh, and probably the most noteworthy thing, uh, he's one of the original five members of the team, along with uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Bobby, uh, Angel, and uh, also Professor X is there, but he's not like one of the X Men. Uh, you mean and, he's not, you know, hanging out, sh shooting mind beams or whatever he does at people? <laughs> yeah, just like, pew, pew, look out, here they come, my X-beams. We, uh, we haven't done them yet, have we? Otherwise, <laughs> I can't make the joke that I don't know anything about him, because we haven't covered him. <laughs> Let's never talk about him and always act like it's a mystery what Professor X I does. I don't know what he something about his brain. Just, I mean, he's a professor, so yeah, he's really smart. Um, what if he's just not a mutant? What if he's just a guy who knows a lot of stuff? Yeah, he just teaches them regular things like yeah. history and, and math. math. <laughs> uh, anyways, so uh, <laughs> the most uh striking thing uh about this version of beast uh to people who are more familiar with more recent versions of beast is that uh he's not he's not a furry when he first shows up what um 
He's not a furry for a long time. Well, maybe he's uh, a furry deep inside. He could be like a furry in the internet definition of a furry. He's just he like, hey, guys. have a fursona. I drew my fursona. What do you think? And they're like, uh, what if it were blue? And he's like, oh, my God. You're it's a, a genius. Great idea. Um, hey, Mystique, I need your help. <laughs> Uh, so he is, at first, uh, his mutation is, uh, twofold. He has, like, uh, sort of, like, long limbs and, like, larger than usual hands and feet. Uh. Okay. Which is, like, I mean, it's, like. <laughs> he's just, he's just poorly drawn. He's just, his mutation is that Jack Kirby drew him with kind of strange proportions in one panel, and then they just uh, kept him like that. Um, he so he's uh, he's very strong and agile, and he uh, can like you know do like he is like what not like he is like can do like you know like monkey like acrobatic like jumping and flipping around and stuff um he's dexterous he's dexterous uh he has uh bare feet that he can like grab stuff with um not bare feet but like <laughs> he doesn't wear shoes because of his feet with a guy like beast we have to we have to say his feet are not akin to a bear's no, not right now. That is they're, not his mutation. They're they're humanoid feet, just slightly more you know ape like, but not bare feet. Um, <laughs> so all that, and then also he's extremely superhumanly smart, which apparently is part of his mutation, at least at first, as he's written. Um, <laughs> uh, he, I mean, hmm, what if he was just, like, a smart guy who was also a mutant? No. No. <laughs> he got mutated into being smart. Uh, His he, mutant gene kicks in, and he's like, oh my god, I understand physics now. <laughs> Holy um, shit. <laughs> like... It is funny to me because there are, like, real-world genetic conditions that cause, like, very long limbs and, like, very large, like, hands and feet. Um, yeah. And also you can just be, like, you know, an extremely smart person. So in this iteration, Beast is, like, kind of, like, the least x manny of the X-Man. <laughs> okay, but he's got the but, acrobatics. Like, yeah, oh, that's right. He is a mutant-level acrobatic ability. Yes. Um, like, it would be very funny if, like, he, like, they found somebody who, like, wasn't actually, you know, like, homo superior, but was just a, a smart guy with, like, a normal human genetic mutation, but they were like, oh, an X-Man. And he's like, uh, I, I guess it is technically a genetic mutation. <laughs> Um, he, uh, his backstory is, uh, not, uh, sort of, like, Bobby's, like, relatively normal. Um, his parents are from, uh, Illinois. Um, his dad worked at a, uh, nuclear power plant. Uh, oh, well, and, there we go. Yeah, that's sort of be like, oh, maybe, you know, that's, like... He was exposed to, like, nuclear radiation, and that's why uh, his son became a mutant. You know, um, I've been in a nuclear power plant. Do you think <laughs> I'm... It's only one way to find out. Actually, you know, my dad would probably get the mutation first, because he does work in a nuclear power plant. But, like, perhaps I could be the Hank McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can only dream. Um... You know, he's, uh, bullied in school a lot for his appearance before, uh, Mood. being... <laughs> it's already one thing we have in common. I am the Hank McCoy. 
I just need to stretch these limbs a little bit. Work on my yeah, acrobatics. Exactly. Start start doing some uh, some flips. Learn some some physics. parkour. Um, <laughs> and then, as with the other X Men, he is uh found and approached by Professor X and invited to uh come to Xavier's school and join the X Men. Uh, while he's uh on the team, he uh has this uh dynamic with uh with Bobby where they're like kind of like friends, but they like squabble a lot, like uh kind of uh I think like people saw it as like uh like Stanley and Jack Kirby kind trying to like mimic the Ben Grin, Johnny Storm, like thing. Um, he at one point, uh, he leaves the team. He becomes like disillusioned with, you know, the, the X Men, uh, the classic X Men conundrum of protecting people who hate and fear you, <laughs> you know, as you do. Um, of and course. he, um, becomes a, uh, a pro wrestler for a little bit. Holy shit, yes. <laughs> Yes, ideal. Uh, though, then one of the people he uh, ends up wrestling is a supervillain, and he has to get the X-Men to help, and then he rejoins the team. Um, but uh, the original X-Men book was not super successful. Uh, it wasn't until later on uh, when... In, like, the 70s, when uh, Chris Claremont started writing it, introduced, like, Wolverine and Storm and a bunch of other, like, currently well-known characters that it sort of picked up in popularity. Um, but Hank was one character who a lot of writers were fond of and who ended up having some, you know, solo uh, popularity. I think partly because he... Out of everyone, he had what seems to be the most sort of developed personality in terms of, you know, like, oh, he's, you know, like, the really strong physical guy, but he's also, like, super smart and, like, uses a lot of really big words while he's fighting supervillains. Um, like, sort of the, the clearest to get across. Um, <laughs> and then, uh... Then occurs something, something that Wikipedia refers to, uh, in the headline of this particular section of his bio on the Wikipedia page as furry change. There comes a time in your life where you experience Listen. the furry change. Um, he, uh, so, uh, he leaves the X-Men, uh, a little more permanently. This is in uh, Amazing Adventures, uh, I think written by Roy Thomas, who was uh, like starting out at the time, um, which was sort of an anthology story. Um, and because like X-Men wasn't super popular, he got permission to sort of do what he wanted with, you know, one of the X-Men characters. Uh, so... He tells the story about how, uh, Hank left the X-Men, uh, got a job at a genetic research facility called the Brand Corporation, which is owned by Roxxon, um, started, like, uh, dating one of his research assistants, um, and he, uh, develops this, like, serum uh, that supposedly can, like, uh, that, like, affects mutant ability somehow, um, and tests it on himself, uh, classic. and classic, classic scientist move, uh, and it causes him to, uh, first of all, most obviously, he, uh, grows fur all over his body, uh, which in its first appearance is gray fur, um, and then later on it turns black, 
but because of how color is depicted in comics, it was, like, usually drawn as blue. Uh, and then it was just widely accepted to be blue. <laughs> um, he's just blue now. Um, and he also, uh, gets, like, more, uh, animalistic features. Uh, his initial appearance is, like, a little bit more gorilla-like than it becomes later on. But, like, a, a, a pointier... <laughs> A pointier gorilla. He's got, like, pointy ears and, like, fangs. Um, and, like, claws. Uh, he also gets, uh, like, a healing factor and, like, more enhanced senses. Uh, and it, you know, sort of brings out this, uh, sense of, like, animal aggression, uh, sporadically. Um... He, uh, finds out that, uh, his girlfriend research assistant is actually evil, um... Classic. But it's, uh, he is, unfortunately, uh, just kind of stuck like this. I mean, not, I mean, unfortunately for him, probably at first, because, uh, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot to, to go through, um, but... I like furries, so. <laughs> um, Good for Olivia, me. Olivia Capes and Japes, 2021. I like furries. Um, so after, uh, after this, um, after furry change, um, he, uh, becomes a member of the Avengers, which, is being written by, I think, Steve Englehart. Uh, um, and, uh, he is there, um, yeah, Steve Englehart. There we go. Um, so he's there again, like, there's, uh, this is around the same time that, like, the new X-Men lineup is being introduced. Uh, but, they still sort of like, they're like, well, we have a beast here. We can use him in something else. We can put him in Avengers. Um, and, uh, he comes to be known as like, uh, rather than sort like over the course of a couple writers, he sort of develops, uh, this personality where like rather than, uh, being, uh, extremely like brooding and you know like uh self-loathing about his uh furry change <laughs> uh they're like what if we wrote him as just sort of uh you know like quippy and like lighthearted and fun um so that becomes what he's most known for uh for a while uh, is sort of still using, like, you know, big fancy words that most comic book writers probably, like, don't fully, like, know what they're saying. Um, plenty of comic book writers can use big words. A lot of the times when you read a character who is supposed to sound, like, extremely smart, it does sort it is sort of just like, did you just, like, take out a thesaurus and start, like, looking at things? Um, but he, uh, they, like, reference this, like, canonically later, where he's talking to, like, uh, a girlfriend, this sort of, like, on-again, off-again, like, girlfriend that he's had since, uh, the original X-Men, uh, named Vera, and he's, like, you know, in order to, like, sort of cope with, like, being a, a, a mutant I developed, like, all these different personas and when I was like on the X-Men at first I was like super smart guy and then when I joined the Avengers I sort of like found a niche niche as like the you know uh funny guy um he also um he becomes very close with uh Wonder Man um who the <laughs> the guy who was 
very briefly a supervillain, and then was a superhero, and then was in a coma, and then they used his brain to help make the vision, and then uh, he came out of the coma. Uh, that guy. You know, that guy. Yeah, you know, it happens, it happens to all of us. Uh, he and, like, um, he and Hank have, like, a very, uh, like, a very close kind of, like, buddy comedy sort of dynamic. Um, he's, so he's a, uh, member of the Avenger. Um, he joins the Defenders for a little bit. Uh, he, when the original X-Men, uh, form, like, come back together to form X-Factor, uh, he joins that team. Uh, he, uh... For a little while, uh, he loses, uh, his beast-like appearance, uh, because he's captured and experimented on by this, uh, guy who's trying to develop a mutant cure, a thing which comes back later, uh, and it, uh, works temporarily, um, but then a combination of that and, uh, fighting Apocalypse, uh, it gives him <laughs> this weird mutant disease where every time he uses his strength, he gets less smart. <laughs> that is a weird disease. <laughs> That's a very weird disease to have. Um... Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, but he, uh, ultimately, uh, through, uh, through the interference of a different mutant, uh, they're able to undo this. He goes back to being furry, uh, but also has his, like, normal intelligence and his normal strength. Uh, it's a very, very weird thing to happen. Uh, but that's comics, baby. Um. Why even do it if you're just gonna go back and undo it? Because it's comics! I know, I'm just, why? That is, that is the ultimate comics question. Uh, at, uh, some point, thanks to, uh, Scott Lobdell, uh, Enemy of the show, Scott Lobdell, he encounters a, uh, an evil alternate universe version of himself, who's called Dark Beast, um, who's, like, sort of a, yeah, you know, who's Dark Beast, who, like, does actually have black fur, (laughs) now that, like, comics coloring has advanced a little bit more, and they can show that, (laughs) uh, but he, uh, Dark Beast is, like, like more of a, a mad scientist type, um, and he recruits his help, uh, when there's this, like, virus going around that, um, is, like, particularly targeting, uh, affecting mutants. Um, that's not good. No, it's not good. Uh, and, you know, in an attempt to figure it out, uh, Hank contacts his evil alternate universe self, uh, for help. Um, hey, you're an evil scientist. How would you make this work? How would you do this? Uh, and he also, um, he also asks Mr. Sinister for help. Um, (laughs) because he's like, well, Mr. Sinister has, like, a lot of money uh, and resources and also no ethical boundaries. So he can do research that I would not be morally capable of doing. And I'm like, if you're asking somebody to do (laughs) immoral research, that's not like that much morally better (laughs) than doing the unethical research yourself. I can't, like, I can't do unethical things 
However, I will hire someone who will do unethical things. You're enabling the bad ethics. This is on you. <laughs> um, this is, if you couldn't tell, we're getting into, uh, like, the 90s now. Um, and, uh, sort of, like, moving away from the, uh, the quippy, you know, like, uh, fun, goofy Hank, uh, into more of the, like, oh, he, you know, he's, like, super focused on his research, but, like, sometimes he gets, like, too obsessed with it and does, you know, the dubious things, uh, Hank, which, on the one hand, is a trope I like, um, and on the other, Freaking every single scientist in Marvel is just like sometimes they get too focused on their research and do dubious things. You know it. It happens. It happens it, to the listen, best of us. We all get too focused on our research and uh, do dubious things. Uh, My dubious things are usually like forgetting to eat meals. <laughs> Or eating too much chocolate at, like, 9 a.m. because I found out that I had a bowl of M&Ms by my sewing machine that was left there from the previous time that I had sewn. <gasps> That's so dangerous. It's dubious. It is, it is, it is quite dubious, I'll give you that. Uh, which isn't to say, like, it, it doesn't, like, move entirely away, um, from Hank's previous personality but there's like a lot more emphasis placed on like the genius scientist part where in the case of like his time on the avengers in like the late 70s that was like very much like de-emphasized uh in favor of uh quips and flips um he uh after this, uh, develops a secondary mutation, um, Another one. He, another one. They just keep coming. Um, he goes from the, uh, sort of, uh, gorilla-like features to what's probably the more recognizable version now, where it's, like, more kind of like like cat influenced still sort of gorilla like i mean basically they were just like what is the appeal of beast from beauty and the beast <laughs> and he, he how big? do we tap into that he big he big first of all that's so important he's strong um, there is um there's a moment uh in the avengers uh, when Jim Shooter was writing it, where he, like, sort of has, like, a little bit, uh, he has, like, sort of a crisis, um, and where he's, like, well, you know, Hank Pym is, like, already a scientist on the team, like, I feel like the Avengers don't take me seriously, maybe I should leave for a little while, um, and he, uh... <laughs> While he's, like, you know, sort of, like, walking away, like, contemplating this, he runs into, like, this crowd of women who are like, oh my god, it's Beast, we love you! Um, <laughs> and realizes that he's, like, sort of, like, a heartthrob. <laughs> he's like, I'm yeah. the cute one? Oh, alright. Um, yeah, I'm the hot one. And then, nice, like, apparently, I'm the hot adventure. <laughs> the writers were like, yeah, we, like, we did have, like, you know women writing in to say that they were like into beasts. I was like, yeah. This is what, this <laughs> is not, what women want. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it worked for Disney. It worked for Guillermo del Toro. And it, it's working for Hank McCoy. Um, but so he gets these uh, these sort of more feline features uh and he is sort of uh stressed out about it uh you know partly because 
his appearance has once again changed dramatically. Um, and also he's like, well, I'm like sort like moving like further away from like humanoid. Like, am I just gonna become, you know, like more and more <laughs> like animal? Hankoi uh, just turns into like a tiger. Just a regular <laughs> tiger. You just have a really, really smart tiger. <laughs> No, that's the kind of X-Men I want to see. Just like, hey, I've been gone for a while, just came back from the dead. Where's Hank? Oh, he's right <laughs> over there. No, that's a tiger. Yeah, no, that's Hank. <laughs> that's a blue tiger. Yeah, that's Hank. Exactly. Tiger now. <laughs> he, he can still do math. <laughs> it's just a little bit harder for him to hold a pencil. Yeah, it's fine. We're we're working on, you know, ways for him to communicate better with his big tiger paws. We give him a we give him a keyboard and he just like sticks out his claws and he types. It's fine. <laughs> Can he talk? No, he's a tiger. Obviously. Come on. If you were alive, you would have known this. <laughs> Just constantly, just constantly having to update new X-Men on what's going on with Hank. New undead X-Men. Uh, he, uh, becomes, um, pretty close with Emma Frost, uh, which I think is cute. I mean, obviously I'm biased, obviously I think it's cute. I support anyone who supports Emma. <laughs> uh, but, uh, they become pretty good friends um he also uh he's uh had a few love interests he had that uh that girlfriend vera who was introduced very early he had briefly uh an evil lab assistant um he's dating for a little while a uh a journalist uh named trish trilby uh, great name. Very comics name. Extremely comics. Um, who, uh, breaks up with him, uh, after the, uh, his sort of, like, feline, uh, mutation, his, like, secondary mutation, because, like, a news article accuses her of bestiality. Um... I mean, that's not, I, I guess the news article <laughs> could, he's a sapient being. That's the thing, like, I think the, the taboo about bestiality is, like, animals can't really consent to stuff in the way that humans can. But Hank McCoy uh, can. Hank McCoy can, and it's a consensual relationship. And honestly, if there were people in real life who looked like big blue cat monsters, many people would be attracted to them. <laughs> and that's valid. Uh, but he uh, also dates for a time um, Abigail Brand, uh, who is introduced in uh Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men as a uh a member of Sword um which uh we just saw featured in WandaVision though uh it's not quite the same thing um it's a different sword but a, 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 a slightly different sword um but she's like a a cool, like, uh, no-nonsense super spy lady, uh, with green hair. Um, so all of those are very appealing to me, obviously. Yes. Uh, also, um, uh, Astonishing X-Men once again kind of circles back to the idea of a, uh, mutant cure. Um... In the the same sort of plotline that was featured in 
that one... It's one of those X-Men movies. One of the bad X-Men movies. That does not narrow it down. It doesn't narrow it down. There have been so many. It wasn't first class. It wasn't, it wasn't one Logan. of the original ones. It was one of the original ones. Uh, Elliot Page was Kitty Pride in it. Um, that's that's really that's really all I got. Halle Berry was Storm. Yes, and was like we don't need a cure. And then like Rogue is like the fuck. Rogue is like, I want to be able to touch somebody without killing them. <laughs> and Storm is like, no. We are perfect. <laughs> and it's like, Aurora, that's great for you. Um, <laughs> Aurora, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad you're thriving. But, like, Rogue would like to touch people <laughs> without harming them. Yes. You don't have um, to take the cure if you don't want to, Storm. It's fine. Uh, so, but this element is introduced in Astonishing X-Men. Um, and Hank considers it, uh, because he would like to possibly look like uh, a normal person. Uh, and... He, uh, ends up not going through with it, uh, partly because Wolverine is, like, tells him it would send a bad message if one of the X-Men used it, and also because, like, looking into it, like, obviously the methods used to develop it were, like, uh, super sketchy and bad, and, like, this geneticist was, like, experimenting on, like, dead mutants, um. Yeah, no, that's not great. It's 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 not ideal. Um so uh he doesn't take it, uh and they end up, you know, stopping uh this you know, these uh these experiments. Uh but it is, you know, sort of unlike earlier uh iterations of Beast, like more kind of uh dejected about his level of uh non-humanness <laughs> um he uh the x-men uh during civil war are like neutral um but uh <laughs> they're like that's not our business <laughs> we are not we are not uh we are not gonna get into this um hank is like privately anti-registration um and like uh helps Spider-Man, like, builds this, like, holographic disguise for Spider-Man, um, so he can continue living his life despite the fact that his, uh, everybody knows his secret identity now. Um, but he, he does also help, um, the Avengers Initiative after, uh, training new superheroes, um, because, Somebody's got to do it. He's like, I do believe in training. That is why I joined the X-Men, where I could get some training. <laughs> where I could get some training, and now I'm helping to train other teens, because, oh my god, they can cause so much chaos. And I don't trust the Avengers to do this right. <laughs> Valid. Look at them, they had a whole war over it. They had a whole war. We tried to stay out of it the whole time. Uh, he, uh, joins, uh, joins S.W.O.R.D. Uh, for a little bit. Um, and then almost along with, uh, Abigail Brand. And then almost immediately after, um become uh fugitives from sword because uh abigail's co-commander is launching an evil plot and they have to try and stop him oh good uh yeah classic classic problem um he uh when uh wolverine has a big fight with scott and goes to open up his own school <coughs> uh hank goes with logan um and uh then, uh, while 
Scott is uh sort of going uh out of control because he's corrupted by uh Phoenix Force power. Uh Hank gets the great idea to go back in time and bring the original X-Men from when they first formed the team to the present time to try and talk some sense into Scott. Um, this has made a lot of people angry and was widely <laughs> regarded as a bad move. Like, in-universe or comic book readers? Um, in, I mean, comic book reading-wise, it led to some entertaining stuff. Like, Teen Cyclops got to be on uh, the champions and, uh, you know, Bobby's gay now. <laughs> Um, but in universe, a lot of people were like, this is like really like, this is a pretty severe disregard for the space-time continuum, um, for something that seems to have like, not necessarily a very high chance of success. Like, sort of just hoping that these five teens would be able to convince him to not... <laughs> do this <laughs> we have to go back to our roots all right time to get us as teens <laughs> scott do you remember it's, when you broke bobby out of jail yeah it's also not even like it's not even like he just grabs past scott and is like talk to him he's like i gotta get all five of them maybe he's like i remember having some pretty good ideas as a teen i need that energy again too <laughs> You know what? I'm yeah. just gonna bring the whole team. It's fine. I'm just gonna bring all of them. We we work best together. It's friendship. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it it does work. Um, apparently, uh, Hank like got like uh, like the Watcher was like, hey, that was messed up. <laughs> that was whack. Uh, after doing this. Um, he, uh, falls into a coma, um, and... <laughs> as a direct result? Or <laughs> as a direct result from just the stress of this plan, possibly? Who knows? Um, but, uh, uh, Teen Hank is able to, uh, help figure out how to make him better, um, and ends up stabilizing him um and also he becomes like sort of more gorilla like again um now currently he's like more like sort of more like gorilla looking and also um he doesn't like he doesn't have like his like big hair main thing anymore he just has a like a just a blue just a blue furry head okay it's yes i i, I don't know why I, I they were like people aren't responding to this people don't like the beast from beauty and the beast anymore beast from beauty and the beast is out um furry head is in furry head is in uh he's Currently, uh, I, he, he's currently still, you know, uh, with the X-Men doing House of X stuff. Uh, apparently some of them have, uh, gotten a little bit worried about some of the, uh, decisions he's, he's made. Um, presumably including, but not limited to just a time traveling a bunch of teens into the future. Um when have but, like everybody's time traveled a couple of teens into the future. Like if you haven't, you will. It's not that big of a will. deal. Uh I think I think right now he's on X Force, but there are a lot of X-Men teams and a lot of things going on with the X-Men currently that I cannot continually keep up with. Uh, so, yeah. Um, 
I um I like I like Hank. I like Hank. I mean, I do always like, you know, a questionable scientist. Um I like Hank more when he's going like, "Oh, my stars and garters" and like <laughs> uh being like sort of a goof. Um I saw something that was like comparing his uh him and Wonder Man on the Avengers to like uh Ted and Booster and I was like, "Oh, that's the ideal." Uh, Obviously. Yes. Obviously that's what I want from all comics everywhere forever. You gotta. Um, you you simply gotta. It's the perfect um, dynamic. But you also have, to have um, at least one per team. You you simply you simply must. It's a requirement. Um but you know, I love a scientist. I love a furry. Um I love a sort of you know, weird team uncle. Whatever Hank's vibe is on the X-Men at any given moment. Um and also I did um I did watch the um original X-Men movies at a pretty formative age and uh Kelsey Grammer Hank was like very like yes, ideal, perfect. Uh so I I definitely imprinted on him a little bit. Um but you know, he's he's fun and he's d- d- very iconic for very obvious reasons. Um did you uh did you have anything uh anything else to discuss? No. Uh I was gonna read um Challenge of the Super Sons number one because mm. I did buy a variant cover that caught my eye. However, uh, yes, it looked great. However, I mm. decided to sew instead because my brain is like, no, you have a deadline for this one thing. You're not allowed to do anything else until you finish it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, time to go sew some pants. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Um, I uh am still my uh copy of the uh the next uh the next volume of. Invincible got out of being in transit and is at the library, but it announced it was at the library too late on Friday for me to go pick it up. But tomorrow, watch out. Ooh, you're gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna read it. Uh, but until then, I have not read any comics. Um, I've spent the past, uh, several days watching the new Infinity Train and catching up, uh, thinking about Infinity Train. Um, and it's my birthday, basically, so you should give me a gift and watch Infinity Train. (laughs) Not you, Briar. You, the audience. Anyone who wants to. I do want to. It's just also, you know... Yeah, consuming I'm like, media. Consuming media, and also, I never finished Clone Wars. <laughs> so, oh my God. so my brain's like, you gotta finish it. If you start watching you. something else, you're not gonna finish Clone Wars. <laughs> Which is sad, because I also haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But luckily, I think that's over soon, so maybe I'll just watch them all at once. <laughs> oh shit, I also have to watch... Fucking the Snyder, the goddamn Snyder cut. Oh no! <laughs> if you want to do a bonus episode where you just guess what happens in the Snyder cut, like I did for Wonder Woman, <laughs> and I tell you if you're right, we could do that. I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see um how long Luke takes. <laughs> if I have a free four hours where I can watch a movie. We'll see how it goes. Join our Patreon and find out. (laughs) Join our Patreon to find out how it goes. Um, And with that segue, uh, you should uh, you should follow us online. You should uh, follow us on Twitter and or Tumblr and or Facebook and or Instagram at Capes and Japes. Uh, Any or all of those, whichever you prefer. we have a Discord server uh, where you can join us. Um, 
I uh, shared a very fun Young Justice animatic that I found on Tumblr that I have watched probably 20 times now. Um, so uh, come, uh, come be on Discord with us. It's very fun. Um, we uh, have a Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, you can find out what we decide to do. <laughs> Uh, if Briar will watch the Snyder Cut or not. I know you're all t- t- waiting with <laughs> bated breath to learn. Um, Take bets. And t- yeah, absolutely. Uh, we uh, Oh, we also have an email address if you want to send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, you, uh, if you can't support us on Patreon, another way to help us out is uh, leaving a rating slash review on your podcast listening platform um saying uh this is a great show um if you don't think it's a great show then keep it to yourself (laughs) um no you're allowed to say i don't think this is a great show it's fine um but please say it's a great show (laughs) uh it's my birthday (laughs) um tell a friend about the show tell them it's great and it's Olivia's birthday so you have to like it or she'll be sad (laughs) as a present for Olivia tell everybody to listen to the show yeah as a gift to me um there's uh and also you know just coming back and listening which uh truly all joking aside truly means the world thank you so much for joining us Today on Capes and Japes, I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And, as always, why not kiss Hank? Hey, listen, those women get it. You should kiss Hank. <laughs>